Hello teachers, I am life coach Amber Lynn. Welcome to my podcast, the only podcast using neuroscience and self-coaching strategies to rewire your brain to get the results you want inside and outside of the classroom. Thank you for listening. Hey there teachers. Last episode we talked about our thoughts and our limiting self-beliefs that get in the way of the results that we want in our life and in our classroom. So today we are going to talk about circumstances. We are going to talk about how circumstances do not cause our thoughts, circumstances do not cause our feelings, other people also do not cause our thoughts, and other people do not cause our feelings. A circumstance is something we experience, but it is only the facts. A circumstance is neutral. I know you're like, what? Every circumstance is neutral until we have a thought about it. Two people, two teachers, can experience the same circumstance and walk away feeling differently about it. So if the circumstance was the same for everyone, then the same feelings would be resulted. But why is it different? It's different because they had different thoughts about the circumstance or the situation. I want you to be open to the idea or the possibility that your thoughts create your emotions. If you were open to the idea that your thoughts create your emotions, you could be open to the possibility that you have more power than you have previously thought. I know it's really hard in the society that we grew up in to truly believe that we are responsible for creating our own emotions and that other people do not make us feel a certain way. So really be open to hearing the words that I have today and truly trying to open your brain into hearing it and experiencing it. We experience a circumstance. It could be a challenging student. Well, not really, because two people could define challenging in a different way. So let's rephrase that. We have a student who is off task, reading a book instead of listening to the teacher. Different teachers would have different thoughts about this. Whatever the thought a teacher chooses to think will create an emotion. A teacher could think, they never listen. They never follow directions. They don't respect me. I'm not managing my class well enough. Something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with the student. And each one of these thoughts create a different emotion for each teacher and drive different actions or reactions or may cause some teachers not to take certain actions that they normally would take. As a teacher, how you would think about this student if they are constantly taking this action? What do you think about yourself as a teacher? What would you make their actions mean? When we make someone else's actions mean something about us, we take their actions personally and we want them to change it right now. So we take action or reactive, react impulsively and to resolve the situation quickly. If we took it as That student has a brain that would rather read than do spelling. How would you think and feel now? How would you engage with that student differently than if you had previously 
thought, the other thoughts. If we don't take students' behaviors or inability to self-regulate or engage their prefrontal cortex to mean anything about us as a teacher, it will allow us to hold space for our students' brains, hold space for where they are developmentally. It will allow us to separate us from their actions. And from this space, we can connect on a deeper level with our students in a more meaningful way. We will be less reactive and more purposeful in our conversations and our thoughts about students. We all experience situations or circumstances, and then we think a thought, and that thought creates an emotion, and that emotion drives us to take certain actions or to not take actions. When we constantly think the same thoughts over and over and over again, it becomes what I call a belief thought. This is even true about your students. If you think a thought about your student, any of them, negative or positive, and you repeatedly think that thought, it will create a belief about that student. When we have a belief, our brain looks for evidence to prove that that belief is true. It doesn't look for evidence to decide if our belief thought is accurate or not. It looks for evidence to prove that our thought belief is true. Did that make sense to you? <laughs> our brain is constantly looking for evidence to prove our thoughts that we already think or that constantly think to be true. I want you to really think about a student in your class. One who you think about or talk about the most. What do you say about that student? What do you think about that student? What thought beliefs are being created in your brain by these constant thoughts? When I ask you to look at these thoughts, I'm asking you to do it from a place of curiosity and compassion for yourself as a teacher having a human brain. This is not me judgmentally telling you to look at your thoughts. This is me truly wanting us to grow in awareness. Because when teachers label students as they are just low, that creates an emotion inside of that teacher. And from there, what actions do you think that teacher does or does not take? I am sure it's different emotion and different action from the thought that student needs more support or that student is still developing that skill. Words matter. Our thoughts matter. They genuinely create the emotions inside of us. When teachers label students as they never listen, they are just disrespectful. They never participate appropriately. They are just quirky or weird. They don't care about da-da-da-da. The list goes on. It creates a thought belief. And then our brain looks for evidence to prove that this is true. But we also have to remember, students also have human brains too. And their brain wants to accomplish the same three things as adults. One, conserve energy. Two, increase pleasure. And three, decrease pain. Their actions do not mean anything about who they are as a person. Their actions mean something about their brain, their amygdala, and their underdeveloped prefrontal cortex. 
And the more we understand this, the more we practice being aware of this, the more we start teaching students about this, and the more we stop labeling children's lack or limited ability to self-regulate as if the student themselves were in complete control of their brain, this is when we will be able to make a powerful difference in students' lives, especially inside the classroom. Students have human brains. So what if we just started thinking thoughts like, oh, there they go, being a student with an underdeveloped prefrontal cortex. Of course they overreacted. Their amygdala was triggered. Of course your brain doesn't want to do this hard work that you have to focus on instead of reading something that you enjoy. But guess what? We can do hard things even if our brain doesn't want to. These thoughts and these interactions with students will create di way different emotions than the previous thoughts discussed. When we can learn to separate ourselves from our primitive brain and separate students' identities from their primitive brain, we will give everyone back the control and we will be able to start empowering ourselves and our students. Students need to learn and know that their brain is not always a fact teller and it is negative the majority of the time and that's okay but they can talk back to their brain they can learn that their thoughts affect their emotions and when they feel a certain way they take certain actions that create certain results for them in the classroom the best thing we can do is just practicing being aware of our thoughts. I want to take a minute and say again, your thoughts about students are okay. They are human brain thoughts, and they're definitely teacher thoughts. There are thoughts conflicted with the projected screen of us wanting to be a good teacher, a successful teacher, all of the expectations we have of ourselves. The thoughts you have about students are okay. They are human brain thoughts, but mostly primitive brain thoughts. And to really look at these thoughts with a curious lens and not a judgment lens, really will allow you to think thoughts on purpose and look at your reasons behind these thoughts and ask yourself, are these thoughts serving me? Judgment only produces feelings of shame, guilt. And from there, the actions we take are very different from the actions we take out of curiosity. When we observe our thoughts, feelings, and actions from a place of curiosity and compassion, we will be more open to truly seeing what results we are creating in our life and in our classroom. A little side note and reminder. What we constantly complain about matters too, because these unfortunately turn into thought beliefs. The words that we say out loud matter. The words that are subconsciously playing in the background of our primitive brain matter. So really take time this week and ask yourself, what are some thought beliefs you want to look at? What thought beliefs do you want to challenge?
If you have a student who your brain says never does something, write a sticky note saying the opposite and ask your brain to notice when that student participates appropriately, when that student is on task, and you will see that your brain looks for evidence of what you are asking it to look for. And then compare it. If it was really as bad as your primitive brain thought it was, it may surprise you. Our brain is a story-creating muscle, and it likes to tell us a story. It tells us the story through thoughts, but the thoughts that our brain gives us are not always facts. So it is our job to step into conscious awareness and differentiate between fact and story. And that is one of the best things that we can do for students as their teacher, and it's also one of the best things that we could do to teach our students. I know this podcast was short and sweet, but I hope you enjoy it. And let me know if you have any questions. You guys are always welcome to email me at coachamber at iamtheteachersbraincoach.com. Look forward to hearing from you.
Thank you for joining me today. If you are a teacher like me looking for a community to learn more about neuroscience and self-coaching strategies, then you have got to check out The Lounge. The Lounge is my membership community filled with teachers just like you, learning neuroscience and learning self-coaching strategies to empower themselves inside and outside of the classroom. If you would like more information, go to www.iamtheteachersbraincoach.com. I look forward to seeing you. The Lounge is the place for you.